Hysteria is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And right now, you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, which I love. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Erin, I love my books. I love a flower that lasts forever, and my books arrangements really do last a full solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have some sitting on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for several days. And usually when I buy them at, like, the grocery store, they're sort of, like, starting to crap Fade. out pretty quickly. Yep. Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely, because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code hysteria. Books, promo code hysteria. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. This week, Kieran Deal, Tian Tran, and Dana Schwartz join in studio to discuss quitting. The good, the bad, and the flounce. Alyssa Mastromonaco also joins to talk about Ivanka's empty gesture tour in Africa. And, as always, the hills will die on. First, let's get to some housekeeping. If you have a hill that you will die on, record a 30-second voice memo on your phone and send it to hysteria at crooked.com. You can also email us there if you have other concerns or questions, but just keep in mind that a few people check that email address. I check it. Caroline checks it. And so if you have love letters or hate mail, you should probably direct that elsewhere. We also are in the process of getting you more merchandise, so I promise, I promise if you just wait a little bit longer, we'll have that for you, so sit tight. Now let's get started. Hello. <laughs> wow, coming in hot today, Alyssa Master Monaco. <laughs> well, we have so much to talk about. We do have a lot to talk about. Uh, you know, it's been, uh, I feel like this week has just sort of been in a holding pattern. By the time people listen to this, people will see the rainbow of redactions that AG Barr has issued to the Mueller report and we'll have moved on to a totally new shitstorm. But there are some kind of under the radar things I wanted to talk about with you, Alyssa. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, do you remember when President Trump said that uh, places in Africa were shithole countries? I recall that. Yeah. Well, his daughter is kind of traipsing around in Africa now, Ivanka, pretending as though none of that ever happened, continuing to live on Planet Ivanka. So let's talk a little <laughs> bit about Ivanka being in Africa this week, because it's the most annoying possible thing I think that she could do. But let's let's get into it. So Ivanka Trump is in, uh, she visited Ethiopia, and I think she's visiting the Ivory Coast as well. She is promoting this sort of fairy dust version of like women's empowerment where you just appear and you say, you're empowered, and then you magically are empowered. <laughs> 
you've done it. You're empowered. You're on my Instagram. You're empowered. Um, she's kind of going on this, this tour that is, uh, and she's promoting women's uh, business loans. She's promoting women owned businesses, but this all kind of doesn't really make a lot of sense in light of the policies of the Trump administration that disempower women by cutting them off from reproductive health services. So Alyssa, what do you make of Ivanka Trump's visit to Africa thus far? So I want you to know that I really went down the rabbit hole on this one. And so I'm coming with some thoughts. Okay. So one, she flew commercial. That's great. Yeah. I, appreci- I actually appreciate that. She I flew commercial. That. I appreciate that too. She is going to a service for the victims of the airliner that blew up. Yes. Um, and so I appreciate that she's doing that. I appreciate that, you know... That while her father did call Africa shithole countries, the mere fact that she's going will make the people in Ethiopia and Africa think that maybe he didn't mean it, which I think is good. You know, like I don't want people thinking that America thinks that they live in a shithole country. And so for the people of Ethiopia, I think that this is a good and positive and probably exciting trip, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's my even handed intro. (laughs) Now, (laughs) why? Look, it's like Ivanka cares so much, so much about going back to New York and kind of like easing back into her sitch, right? Mm -hmm. Like parties and galas and luncheons and being a socialite. And I think that she thinks that if she puts these pictures of her with women in Ethiopia on her Instagram, that somehow she will be able to point back to that years from now and be like, no, I did a good things when I was there. And I think that it's just for someone who exploits people in her businesses um, in, in Java, I think is where uh, she had the most violations and pays women so little, they can't live near their families that like, I don't really understand. Like, yes, it's a good, it's a good trip, for people in Ethiopia, but it's the most hypocritical fucking thing she could probably be doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, another interesting thing is Ethiopia has a female president, Salah Work Zude, and she was elected, I believe, in 2018. And, um, you know, it's it seems really rich that a woman like Ivanka Trump, who promotes a man who is is so aggressively misogynist, would show up in a country that is enjoying its first female head of state and be like, I'm with you. Yay. It's It seems so empty and so hollow to me. And I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the global gag rule and mm. how it sort of makes this entire trip a moot point. Um, as soon as Donald Trump came into office, as all of his Republican predecessors post Ronald Reagan have done, he instituted something called the Mexico City rule, which requires any any NGOs, non-government organizations that are receiving American funding in foreign countries to not mention abortion if they want to continue getting the funding. It's an expansion of the in uh, the, the Reagan era and the Bush eras, because in the Reagan and Bush eras, it was any healthcare providing NGO can't talk about abortion. And now it's any NGO in general can't talk about abortion and receive American funding. And study after study has shown that giving women the ability to choose the size of their family and the timing of their children is the most 
definitive factor in their economic success. And so it seems so silly to me that a person would go to a country, to a continent of 54 different countries in Africa, but she would go to a continent that has such a such such barriers in between women and women being able to control the size of their families and such bad health outcomes for women who aren't able to control the size of their families. And the thing that for people who are listening to understand is that the Trump policy, so initially the Mexico City policy applied to about $600 million in family planning funding. What Donald Trump has done is apply it to nine billion dollars mm-hmm. in healthcare programs globally. So it's not even like he is keeping it up or it's incrementally worse. This is like catastrophically worse. It's catastrophically worse. And he's trying to institute a similar policy stateside here in the U.S., which is going to affect women here as well. Another thing I wanted to bring up is the fact that the aid that is going to women owned businesses is about $50 million worth in aid, which isn't Nothing. I think that, like you said, Alyssa, there are good things about this trip. It's not bad to bring attention to women-owned businesses. It's not bad to to emphasize the fact that women don't own enough of the means of production. That's great. But $50 million, just to give a perspective, is less than the amount of money that the American taxpayer has paid to Donald Trump for going to Mar-a-Lago. So it's not that much money. It's a lot of PR for Ivanka for not much money, ultimately, in the in the face of what we could be doing. Well, the interesting thing to add to this, based on my rabbit hole uh, last night, is that the uh, for all of the things this is this is like the thing that's crazy for all of the aid they're cutting out of the budget. So the current budget is $50 million for what she, the, the sort of empowerment program, but she has requested an additional $100 million for this initiative in the 2020 budget, mm-hmm. which to me just goes to her trying to be like, look what I did, guys, when she gets the fuck out of the White House, because there are... Like the program is is wonderful, but like if she's going to use her sway, maybe she could also help some women in America. Mm-hmm. And that brings up a very interesting point because Ivanka has tried to get credit for spearheading family leave policies. America is still one of three countries in the world that doesn't have mandatory government-sponsored maternity leave for new moms. Um, Ivanka's family leave policy is and always will be fucking trash. It would require people, I mean, Alyssa, you know this, it would require people to borrow against their social security and in order to pay for maternity leave. So basically if you have a kid and you're like, well, I think I want to stay home with this baby for a little bit so it doesn't die, then you have to, you end up having to work longer at the end of your working life before you uh, start collecting social security benefits. That's It's like payday lending. It's moronic. It is ridiculous. Nobody should have well, to she, borrow Look who she's anything. working with. She's yeah. with fucking Mick Mulvaney, who is. is trying to, you know, get rid of any sort of, of uh, uh, policies limiting, you know, the the payday lending where people pay like 800% on a loan. Yeah. And so this is like part and parcel. Like she tries to pretend like she's different, but she is no worse. I mean, she is no better, God help me, than Mick Mulvaney or Stephen Miller. Yeah. Or Betsy DeVos. Sorry, girl. Or, or Betsy DeVos, who is trying to protect for-profit colleges that scam people out of their um, money that they wanted to use to further their education. I also think that, that Ivanka is somebody who is 
She's clearly the smartest person in her immediate family, save her mother, Ivana, who is obviously very smart. Um, right. She's smarter than her father and her brothers, but she's also not that smart, like very clearly not that smart, but has spent so much time around people who are aggressively dumb that she believes herself to be smart. It's like if I... No. But I think it's different. I think it's different. I actually think she might be smart and that that she's doing this. I am not a conservative. I'm a pragmatist bullshit because she thinks in her deranged brain that she's going to be like the first female president. I think she does think she's going to be the first female president. But I think she does. But that's like such a disconnect from her in reality, though, because her her approval rate, nobody, nobody under 40 likes her. You know, nobody really she doesn't have high approval ratings at all. She's mostly viewed negatively by people. She's sort of living on her own planet, I think. She is she is our resident Janet from another planet. She is 100 percent Janet from another planet. And it's sort of like on one hand, you have to sort of have a facade to keep yourself from crumbling into dust when you're a public figure. You know, you have to sort of believe in yourself in a way that's impermeable. But Ivanka is so disconnected from what people in America think about her. That was one thing I thought about her foreign trip. It's like, well, maybe she's going to Africa because nobody here likes her. This is her Hasselhoffing. Like she... (laughs) She's like, well, I can't get a singing career here. I'm going to go Hasselhoff over in Africa and become huge over there. So I don't think that that's an outlandish theory. (laughs) I definitely think that this like little goodwill tour of hers is because she wants to be fed it. Right. Mm -hmm. And like when your father calls the place that you're going a shithole country, the bar's like pretty low for you to be better than that. Right. Basically, you just have to not throw up on the prime minister, a la the first George Bush, and you are going to have a good and successful trip. Which, like, as someone with stomach issues, like, I don't fault George Bush for that. No. I mean, what else? (laughs) (laughs) The video of that, though, is is like pretty unbelievable. There's a video and there's actually, I will have to find it. There is a Japanese word for being bushed, meaning being puked on. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, that's, that's about as good a note as any to end our discussion of Ivanka Trump in Africa, because I'm feeling the Japanese word for being puked on whenever I, (laughs) whenever I think about it. (laughs) Well, all right, girl, we'll well, talk next next week. week. Uh, Yeah. Are we jinxing? Do I owe you a Coke? Do you owe me a Coke? Are we jinxing each other? You owe me a Coke. We owe each other a Coke. Okay. All right. Talk to you next week. Love you. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe Mushroom Coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I, I just like, I, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, 
You got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast. No dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito. <laughs> not, not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you... Stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount. Text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This episode of Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Need the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift? Check out Viore Performance Apparel. Drawing inspo from the coastal California lifestyle, Viore's products inspire others to live vibrant, active lives. I love that they're calling this the coastal California lifestyle. I will embrace that instead of what I thought it was, which was the I only want to wear comfortable clothes lifestyle. Yeah. I have. I refuse to be uncomfortable if I want to be productive. I refuse (laughs) to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle. Which is like yeah. Viore is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time. <laughs> Especially, Erin, the women's performance joggers. They have a slim but relaxed fit and are designed with dream knit stretch fabric. I love my joggers. I've slept in mine. I've slept in them. Really? You don't get hot? No. They're very like on oh. a, like a couch nap. You know, you have like a oh yeah. You've got like maybe a half an hour in the afternoon. You're like, ooh, I've got a like small break. I'm very tired. I'm gonna just like lay down for 20 minutes. It's yeah, perfect, perfect for couch okay. napping. Joggers, I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you probably could. Just put yeah, a, a totally. blazer and like denim shirt, denim, denim shirt, oh, blazer, yeah. leggings. So easy. 100%. And of course, the men's core shorts. They have a classic athletic fit, falling just above the knee, while the Sunday performance joggers are made from recycled performance stretch fabric. I got my dad some men's core shorts. He wears them to mow the lawn. It's perfect. He is like, I think my my dad is one of those people that just like beats the crap out of his clothes. He'll wear them until they're. They look like a security blanket that a 30-year-old yep. still has where it's just like a ball of string and you're like, um, Our dads are the same. Yeah, yeah. But um, my dad has had his for like a couple years now. And I think I, I saw him wearing them the other week when I met up with um, family on a, on a short weekend trip. And they still looked great. It was like, Dad, your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy. Viore is offering Hysteria listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. 
For years, I just dreaded going to the dentist. But at Advanced Dentistry, I don't have to. First and foremost, they want you to feel comfortable when you walk in, like you'll feel it. Whereas in the past, I might have gone into the dentist and thinking, I might feel some pain at some point. But with IV sedation, it can be something that you don't dread. If you've been avoiding the dentist because of fear, worry, or just not wanting to be judged, you're not alone. Visit NoFearDentist.com to learn how IV sedation can change your life. Okay, we're back to the part of the show called Personal Political. This is where we talk in depth about things that we think about a lot, even though they don't really have anything to do with the news. I want to welcome my panel today. First, we have a person who very timely, in a timely manner, just quit her job. Dana Schwartz. Hi there. How's it going? Pretty good. How did it feel, man? Really good. This is the first time that I like quit a really good job for no reason other than we'll we'll get into it out of the intro, but like for no reason other than my own personal like career journey. I'm making a choice. Yeah, and it yeah. felt really good. And you gave, I understand, your first F review. Yeah, I left with a with a with a bomb. I just wanted to to leave uh, with my first and last ever F review. And what was it? It was a book called The Mister from Fifty Shades of Grey author uh, E.L. James. And though it's called The Mister, it is not a, like a BDSM. Se- it's not a sexy book. It's not like a erotic. I was book. picturing like when it gets no. hot. Yeah, when it gets hot and you missed yourself, <laughs> like with some like lemon infused water. Like well, it's a very mister. clever title. Yeah, uh-huh. it has so many interpretations. Yeah, so it's a bad book. It was like not just bad, but like actively offensive. It, it's about um, a, an Albanian woman who is accidentally sex trafficked to the United States, <gasps> but escapes her sex traffickers and is rescued by a model slash DJ slash Earl. And a model slash DJ slash I Earl? kid you not. Earl being like, like his title. He's like a British Earl. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. A little bit of Jane Austen in that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Next up, we have. T-shirt wearing, non-event participating in. I had one. <laughs> oh, I was you do. looking through my telephone okay. to find I'm doing stuff. Okay. I'm doing things and stuff. What are you doing? I have things Karen and deal. stuff that I'm doing. I'm not just summoned like <laughs> Nosferatu lying in wait to come. <laughs> I would love it if you came in here like Nosferatu no, every kind so of floating. I do think of my life as like me just like lying in bed and then it's like, oh yes, now I have to be somewhere. <laughs> and then I just show up to that place and then somebody's like, what did you do for fun? And I was like, I was lying there. <laughs> no, I did. A, I did. Uh, it was the Indian Film Festival this weekend. Oh, awesome. Um, which is really cool. It's a great festival in Los Angeles, California, that kind of celebrates uh, Indians from India and Indians from America. And there was a really terrific uh, and very community building panel, I thought, that I was a part of on Saturday with people uh, from television. That oh, was very cool. Very oh, specific, awesome. very specific to that community in a way that I thought was um really uh, empowering and and a good thing to be a part of. That's great. So when you laid back down in your lair, you had a smile on your face. That's correct. While you awaited creepy. further. Inst- it was a creepy <laughs> smile. Let's just be very specific. <laughs> well, third, we have Tian Tran, who is, I understand, meeting her niece for the first time. Yeah, that's the most <laughs> exciting thing that's happening to me. Now tell us about your niece. She was born three months ago, and she's actually, she lives in Dublin. So I none of us, none, no one in my no, family, no, right. that's not 
That's, she is a pirate. Yes. She is an separately, Irish pirate. Just separately a pirate. Yeah. <laughs> she was born an Irish pirate. And none of us have met her. And all of my family is like, I have, I'm one of three sis- daughters or four daughters. Sorry, I just X'd out one of my sisters. Wow. <laughs> just, you don't have to say which one, but we know. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> um, and uh, we're all meeting her for the first time. That's going to be so I'm really excited. Fun. Three months old, they're sort of like croissants. At yeah, they're little. They're like just little dough, little the little balls. They're little of dough. balls of dough that get mad at you sometimes. Yeah, They're, I'm just gonna have. I I love being the ant because it's like you hold the baby till it's no longer fun, and then you give the baby away. How yeah. long is that for you? Because I feel like that number is different for different people. I can I can deal for a while. I can I can probably go for. I'm gonna say like I could watch that baby for the day. Wow, I think. that's that's diaper well, you're not, changing. No, you're not holding the baby for the no, day. No, no, no. Do you see my arms? Yes. I can hold that baby all day. <laughs> yes. I, that's what I was thinking. Okay. I was like, I, I think you got 90 seconds. <laughs> Max. Oh, my God. Rude. I have at least 95. <laughs> <laughs> I, have a, I have two nephews, and they both live in Minnesota, and they're like, they're almost three and almost four. And one of them, I was just informed, has been drawing pictures of my house. He like has never been to California. Is it cute me. or creepy? I don't know. Is he but coming to murder I haven't, you? <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. But my brother was like, "Yeah, he's drawing pictures of your house in California, and he's never seen it before." So I hope are they accurate? If they are, that would be amazing. Oh my I'm, gosh, I'm not. I don't want to scare you, but that is some like Michael Myers in in Halloween, like drawing Laurie Strode's house while he's in prison. Oh, cool! Oh wow. Well, my four year old nephew is not in prison. <laughs> I would just send him yeah. references okay. from Instagram, or okay. just take some photo references so that he knows that it's succulent based, so that he knows about yes. kind of the tile, the Mexican tile yeah. on the roof. You, you have a really nice house. Him, yeah, thanks. you just need to give him some geographical markers sure. so that he can sure. achieve accuracy. Also, my my apartment has a name, like the building has a name. It's like blah, blah, blah. And one of them is a plural and they use a apostrophe on the plural, which I didn't realize until after I signed the lease. Because if I if I would have seen a sign with a misused apostrophe, I would have been like, I don't know if I want to live here. This is a dump. Anyway, um, we need to get into the topic for today. Uh, I think it sort of fits in with Tian wanting to quit holding her niece after 95 seconds <laughs> and Dana quitting her job. We're going weak. To... <laughs> weak. I am weak. <laughs> it's fine. You can like, I feel like nephews and nieces like make you buff up. Yeah. You're around them. You're Human just barbells. That's what I call babies. Yeah. Especially at three months. She should have had another one so that you could have evened them out. Even them out. You could yeah. just do one side at, yeah, a, time, one at a time. Just keep your, you know, keep yourself in alignment and just like, yeah, you know, ten, keep your core sides. engaged. Just keep your core engaged. Exactly. You Use gravity to help you and, you know, use your back, but not too much. Um, we're going to talk about quitting this week. And I know that that's a big topic with a lot of different applications, but I think that every time I've personally quit something, there's been a similar set of uh, a, a similar thought process that I've gone through. There's reasons that you quit things that are like, well, I'm quitting this because this is hurting me. I'm quitting this because I found something that can help me more than this. I'm quitting this because it's I'm in a holding pattern. There's a bunch of reasons to quit. But because Dana has such a fresh experience with it, I want to start with you. Um, when did you knew, know it was time to quit? I would say I was like mentally threatening to quit for like a few months beforehand where like, on days where I'd be particularly overwhelmed, I'm just like, I'm just going to quit. I'm just going to quit, you know, like uh, like that. But uh, it took, you know, a few months of like actual logistics to make it a decision that wasn't like an impulsive. But it did reach a point. Um, so the reason I quit and I fully like loved my job at Entertainment Weekly. It was truly like a dream job. Like it was my favorite thing in the world. But I reached 
this point where I had like, I was juggling like three or four other projects that were really exciting to me and like the things that I wanted to do with my life, like creative, like I have a book coming out in November and I was working oh, on that. Congrats. Thank you. And uh, like a few other things that are sort of in the works and just like my entertainment weekly work started feeling like, like a anchor on me. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't, I would be drained by the end of the day and I couldn't, I was getting these amazing opportunities and I didn't have like the energy or creative, like I didn't have the writing words left at the end of the day to like take advantage of them. And so it felt like I wasn't doing either with integrity. Like Mm -hmm. I was resenting my entertainment weekly work and then I was getting these amazing opportunities and I couldn't give them my all. And Mm -hmm. so the way, of course, I like called my mom, but the way I explained it is just like a monkey bar situation where I needed to sort of like let go of the last monkey bar to grab the next one. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't, I didn't have, I don't like have, I wasn't leaving for like a specific thing, but I had all this like I have these projects that I want to work on. And so I needed to like let go of the monkey bar and just reach and have like a little bit of faith in myself that it would work out. Um, And the hardest part was I just hate confrontation and I loved my bosses. And so it was like really awkward and like a pit in my stomach to like go into the office and be like, hi, (laughs) can we close the door? A thing we've never done before. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, that's something that I think a lot of people feel when they quit. Karen, have you ever had experience with quitting that didn't feel like you had to apologize where you were like, I am fucking quitting? I don't quit things really. Okay. Like just generally, I'm not a, I'm not a big, I mean, I have quit a few things, but I am, I think my MO has been, this is miserable, but I will hold on for dear life and just, just muscle my way through whatever this is. And that's how I finished my documentary. Yeah. Um, is like, you know, how many times did you want to quit when you were doing that? Every time, all the time. (laughs) So can you, can you fill in the listeners about like what you did just in case they don't know already? Sure. So I graduated from college and I wrote a, a short, a novel with this a very uh, talented uh, novelist named Jamaica Kincaid. And I wrote a short novel about a woman, a little girl who joins a rebel army in Nepal, right? And then I wanted to make it into a movie, um, and I and I didn't have the money to do that. And then somebody suggested to go make a documentary. So the day after graduating, I went to Nepal. And thought it would take like three months. I thought it would take like a summer to make a documentary. I'm like, yeah, I'll make a documentary. I had a tiny little bit of money, like five or seven grand or something. thought it would take three months. And it took like three years. It took like basically three months to find the character just to just to kind of like get in with the rebels, to make the contacts with the journalists, to be able to like get a couple of pitch meetings with the rebels in the jungles and be like, yo, let me like you wake. It was like 10 o'clock at night. And then it'd be like, yo, be at this bus stop at five in the morning. And then you get into the bus stop at five in the morning. And then, uh, and then you ride for several hours and then you hike for another several hours. And then you're in like a tent (laughs) with like all dudes, all men and like one translator. And they're like, so what do you want to do? And I was like, a story on the women. And they're like, (laughs) how dare you? Who do you think you are? Why are you here? Um, but it took time. So it took time and it took time to raise the money. And then it's what happened was every single time that I really wanted to quit, I'd be like, well, you've put in too much time now. Mm-hmm. And it's like and that's really a sinking 
cost sunk cost equation because it's like it's like after three months you're like well i've got to keep going otherwise all of this would have been a waste yeah and then it's like six months and you're like well now that's even more true <laughs> and then it's like in a year you're like now it's even more true than it was oh no i have to finish this uh-huh. some of the most satisfying work i've done is when i've chosen not to quit mm-hmm. um i mean i think that that's an important like conundrum. I have a Dana on my shoulder and a Kieran on my shoulder every time I feel like quitting, I think. And so it's, it's like, well, maybe this, maybe it's time for me to, to cut loose and go. Like I quit working full-time in journalism to take a job writing for Always Sunny. And it all happened within like a day that I knew I was going to leave. And um, but I made a decision like it was like a brainstem response. Like I didn't even think about it for a second. I wasn't like, should I? Because if I would have slowed down, I would have been like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I should move to L.A. for three months. I don't know if I should do this. I don't know if I should do this. Um, and like it's sort of like you you need um, you need like it's like when a rocket tries to take off from a gravitational like body. It needs a certain amount of thrust to escape the field. It needs to just be like, I'm just going to do this. And I'm just not even looking back. Um, Tian. What's the best thing you've ever quit and the worst thing you've ever quit? Do you have any regrets? I don't have any regrets with regards to quitting. I, I tell us about your other regrets. My other. <laughs> just yeah, gonna, tell just, us about your mother. Tell oh us my about god! I was just in a list form, if you could. The top three. The top three regrets. Yeah. Mm, Lollapalooza, twenty twelve. <laughs> um, so it's, it's a bad one. Um, with quitting, I think. You know, I quit my full time. I used to be a copywriter. I used to work in advertising before I started doing comedy. And they, when I quit that job, I remember I walked into my office and my boss was kind of like, I knew you were going to quit yeah. because I had always, they, they hired me knowing that I did comedy and they were like, whenever you need anything, just like, if you're free, if you have a thing that comes up, just let us know you're free to go. They were so accommodating. And when I finally got my dream job, which was I moved to Chicago to do Second City and it was like my dream to be on main stage to do like what Tina Fey and Rachel Dratch had done. And I quit my day job to then do that and then was able to get to main stage. And I actually just quit main stage this past year. And that wow. was it was like leaving my dream job. It yeah. was truly my dream job. I had spent 10 years in Chicago trying to get to this job and I did it for a year. And after a year, I was like. I think I'm ready to go. Yeah. And then I moved to LA and I'm trying, the worst thing I ever quit. Oh God. I mean, I can think of the, the only time I ever quit in like a flounce in a flounce. You quit in, in a like flounce. a, it was never a job, but it was like in high school with friends. I was <laughs> leaving my friend group uh-huh. because they, <laughs> they became toxic and I, and I, every time, every time you talk on this podcast, you're always like, these people, these were, people toxic. were toxic and I, and, and, I, and I, and I have eliminated them from my life. I am at that point in my life you now where Marie I'm, Kondo'd your yes, life. Yeah. I have. You can come join my life. Your Marie soul Kondo'd had a too. juice cleanse. I, my soul had a juice cleanse because it's like, you know, life is short. You can't be surrounded by people that make you feel bad. So you quit your group of friends I, in I quit a my flounce. group in a flounce because I remember I heard one of them had been making fun of me. And at the time Ooh. I was, uh. Uh, wearing Birkenstocks, <laughs> and I remember it is a bad shoe. It is yeah, a, bad a bad shoe, shoe. and I was wearing Birkenstocks that were like blue mm. with uh, red, yellow, and green buckles. Mm. 
Okay, I'm not proud of this. I'm, I'm so sharing. Is that on I'm, the list of regrets? I'm, that is, if that we might make fun be the of list. you. Are you going to cut us out? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going to stand up and be like, and you know what? I actually remember because I stood up and I like said my piece, and then I was like, and you know what? I love my Birkenstocks. <laughs> what did and, you say? Wait, this sounds great. Well, this I just remember very, being like, like the Mean Girl uh, Revenge <laughs> movie. It was the Mean Girl. She was, there was like a couple girls that were very mean. They were like bully. I was like the kid that got bullied in in my group. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, when you had that, I was like kind of on the fringe of like the popular girls. Mm-hmm. Right. They and kept they were, you around. They kept me to around like to like bully. make fun of me. That's shitty. Very toxic. And very toxic. And I stood and I stood up for myself. But I do. I just remember my but line. What did you say? And I think I said something along. It's like I'm, I, I think I was like, you guys can't pick on me anymore. Like I'm done with this. And you know what? <laughs> I love my Birkenstocks. <laughs> I feel like I want a T-shirt right now that says I love my I Birkenstocks. Love my Birkenstocks. <laughs> you guys can't. Pick I was me stressed anymore. for. I was like sad for months though. Yeah. And what did they say to you? They were just like stunned that they I weren't had, used to the confrontation. They weren't used to the confrontation because they were used to bouncing. Yeah. Um. Their. In they were used. They were used to me being like an Asian minstrel for them. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm glad that you said that you love your Birkenstocks. This is a great story, and also they deserve to feel bad about Thank themselves. You. That's that's shitty. You know, your copy editing story that was like very similar to the way when I quit. Like my bosses were like, "Yeah, we sort of knew that this would come." I feel like that is there was sort of a point for all creative people and their day job Mm -hmm. like you reach a critical mass at some point and if you have good bosses and like a good job they like support and understand you yeah I think that's really an interesting point when you talk about day jobs because if you work in a creative field unless you have rich parents who support you you have to (laughs) you have to work a day job you have to work a job that you very like aggressively don't like for me uh, it was finance I worked in finance um, during the crash, basically. And then once the crash happened, I stayed in finance for longer than I thought I wanted to because I needed insurance. And this was like pre-Obamacare. And I was just like, you know what? I hate this job, but I have to make money. I have to work. And that's what most Americans have to do. They don't love their jobs. They're not excited about it. But I remember the day that I quit working in finance, I'd fantasized about it. It was like for so long. I thought about it for so long. It would help me sleep at night. I would be like, imagine myself quitting. And I, this is the only time I've ever weaponized crying. Um, but I had cried in my mid-year review at work. Can you control crying? No, I can't. I can stop it if it's coming, but I can't make it come yeah, if it's I was not like, coming. That's a superpower. No, I, yeah. that's, a, that's also like scary when people can totally <laughs> control it. It's like, ooh, I don't know about you. Uh, you can, of Karen. Course. Can you see yourself in mirrors? Of course. I mean, I can. I can. Of course. Oh my gosh, you're an actress. <clears throat> yeah. You can make yourself. You cry. can make yourself yeah. cry. Of course. Yes. Oh, Don't say of course. Like that's a normal thing. I can't. <laughs> yes, of course. Well, I I went into my boss's office and I decided that rather than just quitting, I was going to ask if they would lay me off because people were getting laid off left and right. And uh, I was like, every Friday, the boss would like come around and like scoop someone up from their cubicle and take them into their office. And it's like, oh, that person got fired today just because it was like, that's how things were going. That is a toxic yeah, environment. Yeah, that is a toxic it was su- and like I've been fired. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. A well, lot. He, he, a lot. I went to my boss's office and I was like, hey, do you recall how I cried during my mid-year review? And he was like, I do remember that. It wasn't pleasant for me. And I was like, wasn't pleasant for me either. And I was like, why don't you lay me off? Because I am leaving financial services. I don't want to work in financial services anymore. And he was like, okay, I'll think about it. End of the day, he was doing his like scary walk around and he scooped me up and was like, well, you volunteered. So here you are. And he gave me a bottle of Pinot. 
And oh. yeah, and that, but I remember walking out of the building wearing my like express brand like editor pants oh my god i yeah. loved mine <laughs> i loved it. well that was all i wore to work because it was yeah. like business business work and my like little blazer and my button-down shirt and a primary color and like thinking like i don't have to wear any of these clothes anymore i'm i'm done i'm done with this and i went back to my house and i emptied my closet <gasps> i took all of them and i piled oh them god. up are you I, in a are you in a romantic comedy did you burn them <laughs> no i put them in a in a plastic garbage bag and i donated them but yeah, I like threw away all my like business clothes and I was like, I'm done with business. And then a couple years later when I was like doing CNN, I was like, I need business clothes. <laughs> so fuck. But it was, it was like great. You feel, I felt very clean after yeah. I quit that industry. I, um, I didn't have, I, I freelanced, I freelanced, tutored and did like stuff in academia and then was just very broke mm -hmm. while I made my film. So that's also another way to do it. And just be very broke. Get used to it. I was very broke. So yeah. I was like, my cost of living was just extremely low. I lived with yeah. roommates. I ate at home. I would like pre-eat before brunch, you know, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was just very broke. The thing about EW is it was sort of like, it wasn't uh, like a day job that I hated. Like I really loved it and enjoyed it. But the thing about like wanting to do creative things and then your day job being like, the creative thing adjacent is I found it like drained all of my like mm -hmm. writing energy. Yeah. yeah. Like I just cannot sit at a desk and write like, you know, not for me, but like write creatively for eight hours mm -hmm. and then come home and be like, all right, time to write my thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's that's really interesting. I, I was doing that in New York. I had like four different jobs. Yeah. I was like going to the Daily Beast and then I was going to CNN and then I was working on scripts. I was doing crooked stuff. I was like too, too many things. Yeah. And when I was in the process of doing that, I had to like segment my day mentally I wasn't I didn't have any time for leisure so I would come home and like work on stuff to write and I would like have a drink at night and I got used to like by the end of my time in New York I was like I am drinking alcohol every single day and this is like an unhealthy thing for me to do I wasn't like you know calling people up and being like and another thing I wasn't doing anything like personally destructive but I was just like this is a this is a lifestyle that I need to quit I need to yeah. quit this unhealthy thing. And I wanted to transition into like unhealthy habits or unhealthy lifestyle choices and talk about whether or not any of you have ever confronted something like that and decided to quit. Like I smoked from like 18 to 24. And one day I just woke up and I was like, I'm, I think I'm done. Good uh, for you. I, um, I used to drive when I was doing the CBS diversity showcase, which really stressed me out. I, I would drive 45 minutes each way in traffic to get coffee from this like one gourmet oh coffee place. <laughs> just like in the middle of traffic, I would drive 45 minutes one 45 way. 45 minutes? I just, yeah, because it was at the height of traffic. Out Eric. of habit? Just because the, the coffee, coffee was well, yeah, so good? And it was good? like a way to say, I'm um, like, after this kind of traumatizing experience, I'm going to treat myself yeah. to something. Was, well, how I, you know, justified it to myself. But then I talked to somebody and I talked to like a therapist and they were like, listen, your time is more valuable than this. And like, you know, you have to respect yourself and your time. And, you know, you can't, you know, be driving two hours out of your day just to get a cup of coffee. So no coffee no, is worth that. No. I moved closer to the coffee. <laughs> a cup of coffee is <laughs> worth that. That's right. I just moved. I, my bad habit is I, I get really stressed out by receiving mail. 
I will let mail stack up mm. like crazy. I think it's from my days of like filling out FAFSA forms and getting student loan stuff. Ooh. And it just like from there slowly stressed me out that anytime I got a letter, it's like, oh, you have like student loans that you need to right. pay. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. And so it didn't, it wasn't like an issue until I started living with my partner. And she was like, you have like six months worth of mail that you just simply have not opened and or touched. If you touch. don't open, it doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I was like, if I don't open it, then like someone's going to call me at some point. Yeah. I'll answer a phone call, but a mail, like the mail is, I'll just let it stack up. Um, and there were some important papers that were in the oh, no. <laughs> paper and she opened them, which is a federal offense, but she was helping me. <laughs> but she helped me go through all of it. And that my my new thing is like, I, I, am, I am trying to o- open my mail when I get it. Yeah. yeah. You quit not I, qu- I quit, quit quitting not, mail. I quit quitting mail. You quit quitting mail? It really stresses me. It stresses me. Those forms and papers stress me out. That is, I think, a good thing to quit doing because that's, <laughs> that's an avoidant behavior. Yeah, and I think that like it's probably better to confront things head on. I was thinking about the way that women are taught to approach relationships. And like the only way that it's a success is if you don't quit it. Like oh, if yeah. you quit, you are you are the failure. And I just was wondering if any of you had experienced kind of feeling like in in the rear of your mirror that you hung on to a relationship for too long because you felt like you could kind of bring oh. up the nose on it. Literally, I never I never leave a relationship. Like you wait until they are like, okay, that's enough, Dana. Well, I wait until there's like. <laughs> I mean, Actually, that's how I was going to end this podcast. Yeah. Okay, that's, okay enough that's enough, Dana. Dana. Yeah. That's enough, Dana. You know what? Fair. Uh, that's your sick. That's your, you. that's your sitcom uh, title. Yeah. No, you're that's enough, enough Dana. Dana. Oh, I love. I would this watch so the good. Show that show, guys. After this, okay, yes. let's go. Let's bang out a script. Writers' room. Um, yeah. No, I'm just. I'm just. I think, like, I was a weird, awkward child, and, like, I didn't, like, boys didn't want to kiss me in middle school, and so I think now, if anyone wants to date me, I'm just like, oh, great, this is it. This is probably the last person who will ever want to date me, ever. Mm-hmm. I guess this is this is it. And so I, I'm, I'm slowly getting better now as a 26-year-old lady, but uh, that is my, my instinct, like, the, the instinct that I'm always fighting against. Mm-hmm. Somebody specifically told me that they matched with you on the internet. <gasps> Uh, who is a listener and was like very excited and it was like, well, at some point, at some point, if we meet, you know what I mean? Like, if at some point oh we God, meet, so it's like it's you not would a big just bring deal. that person is into the yes, recording and he's here right now, yeah, yeah, and bring him in. And behind door number one is your new life partner <laughs> that you'll never quit. <laughs> I can say that I relate to that a lot, Dana. That I always think, um, or I thought when I was younger before I really felt like I was doing what I wanted to do and that I was like, oh, I'm, I have a lot to offer somebody. I, I was, would always think like, this is the last person who's ever going to think I'm pretty ever. <laughs> and I would, uh, so I would hang on to things for too long. And there's a couple relationships that I had with men that were, I sort of slow faded, you yeah. know, where it was like, Sorry, I, was, I just want to unpack the sentence. This is the last person who will think I'm pretty. <laughs> that's such a like, that's such an Amy Schumer movie title. Uh, <laughs> but then or, she hits her head and she's like, everyone thinks I'm pretty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's hilarious. She's, <laughs> but I was, I would always think like, oh, I'm not going to meet anybody ever again. And I, so I would sometimes, but also know that the, th- the relationship is wrong. And so I would just sort of emotionally detach and kind of 
dra- have you ever seen a kid being like dragged out of something and they don't want to be dragged out and they just kind of were like that I w- that was me <laughs> in a relationship that was like too like it'd been it had gone on for too long I like have you ever seen like the way octopus octopodes Octopi? I think that is my be it. I've never said that out loud, but it's really Maybe the fun. octopodes will be your life partner forever. <laughs> it's a Greek philosophy. <laughs> Have you ever seen a singular octopus detached from like a, a glass wall with its suction cups and it's yeah, like it's cool. one at a time? Yeah. Like that's what I'm imagining for you, like slowly detaching. It's like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one time this was like... A decade ago, so I'm, I don't think I'm blowing anybody's spot up. But um, a person I had been dating um, brought up that he was like, "Yeah, when we have kids," and I burst into tears, <gasps> oh, and that's how I on knew. Purpose? <laughs> no, <laughs> that's. I was like, "This is. I should probably be fair to this person and actually decide to quit." Yeah. I think that that's another thing. Is like a lot of times quitting comes in the context of things that are over and um, and they, they're wise decisions. But I wanted to talk before we finish this conversation about the flounce. We talked briefly about the flounce, um, which is a sort of dramatic quitting gesture uh, designed to elicit an emotional response from other people. Um, I wanted to ask you, Dana, have you ever witnessed a true like flounce? Like, no. And I'm done or like, Good day, sir. No, like, I truly wish I wish I would. I think that seems so fun. I mean, it's just again, my style is like the I'm like a, a church mouse is mm-hmm. like my my work personality, <laughs> which is like I am so sorry that I'm inconveniencing you with my leaving. Um, so that is so counter to anything I would ever do at an office. Mm-hmm. But oh my god, I would love to see that. Like someone do like a music video, like lip sync out and moonwalk. <laughs> oh, like a mar- like one of those like like a viral, viral marriage like, proposals, yeah. but a viral quitting, a viral quitting video. A viral quitting yeah. video. I would love that. Yeah. Have you ever, Kieran, fantasized about a flouncy quit? I know that you don't typically quit, but do you ever think about it? You're like, I wish I could just go up to this person and be like, "F you, never talk to me again." Now blast off into space. Have you the follow up question? Adding to, have you ever had like a, a saying like "F you" to someone and meant it? Like really, like had your moment. So if if someone like if somebody really betrays me, like because I'm quite a loyal person. So with people, I have there have been times when I will like, I might I might not end the friendship, but I will detach. Like I will detach. And then there's a few times when it's been like somebody's done something really, really, in my opinion. I mean, and this is a question: is and is any action from a person forgivable? Do you know what I mean? If the person shows remorse, is is any action forgivable or is it like un, and and I love the way is already like, <laughs> let me tell you, so you put on your Birkenstocks and you walk grudges. out what of there. Yeah. No, but that's that's a question. It's mm-hmm. like because, you know, somebody said somebody once said, I think I was doing ayahuasca and the lady there <laughs> was like, she goes, oh, all people. This is just an interesting phrase, I thought. She goes, all people uh, are are laced with poison. Mm-hmm. Every person is laced with poison. But like, you know, if you want to get to the good stuff inside, it's like, you know, there, you'll have to get through the poison first, which is, I think, a, a nice way of saying everyone will betray you. But that's is also, the point. But and just really, as a matter of what uh, kind oh, of betrayal. No. I feel that's like so that, that's so people dark. who are in like much. I actually thought it was really her whole point was like she was like, I used to avoid people. And then I learned a way to metabolize the poison. Oh, you but know, like people, was the point. People who are in to, like 
sorry. Let's go back to the Charlotte's Web conversation. <laughs> no, I was saying like people who are in abusive relationships, like I don't want them to think like, yeah. oh, well, I just have to take this poison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the part of the wisdom is being able to like recognize like what is like normal human prickliness and what is like a fundamentally bad yeah, person. Sure. Yeah, sure. That's fair. I think that's a I think that's a great question too because you know, there's something to be said for I've I've also been, you know, in my friendships, I've been kind of relentless about cutting people off. Like I can forgive people like you brought up. I can forgive them, but I don't forget what happened. And sometimes it's I, our relationship cannot be repaired. Like I am not mm-hmm. I'm no longer angry with you, but I no longer want anything to do with you. I'm not I have no there's my feelings toward you are cold. And I that happens to me. Uh, it, you know, it's happened to me a few times where I've been very close with like a friend and they've done something fucked up and they've been like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, OK. I'm, I'm, I don't think you're a bad person, but I just don't want anything to do with what you What counts as fucked up to you? Like, what would be, you know, kind of a general example so that you're not... Um, I think a good example... Like, the reason that a person has friends is so that you feel that they... Even though they might judge you sometimes, they would never condemn you. They would never treat you like you're a piece of shit. They would listen to you, mm-hmm. but also not give you... Uh, I, don't, I don't think that they should endorse every single thing you do. But I think that they should also, you know, not make you feel like shit if you're not kick you when you're down. And I think that being Mm. kicked when I'm down is like one of the things that I like kind of find unforgivable that it happens like on a regular basis. I just am sort of like, nope, I don't want anything to do with you. It's like opposite of friend behavior. Yeah, that is not a person to keep around. But people, but people do that sometimes. I think that people like to feel empowered by eliciting a response from people. And sometimes the only people who will respond are the people that are close to you. Uh. That's why people, I think that's why people act like dicks sometimes. And that's why people will, you know, lash out at the people closest to them because they feel powerless and they want to elicit a response. But that's like quitting behavior. Or it's like, you know, I remember one time when we were talking about this, like, listener hill, right? And the guy was in the van. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember this, but he yeah. was in the van with the construction workers. Mm-hmm. And I, so just for context, there's a guy who was in a van with construction workers and all the construction workers, when they would come back, would, like, catcall women. He was like, this makes me feel really uncomfortable, but I'm not sure if I can, like, say something. And we were talking about, like, oh, maybe you could use humor mm-hmm. to kind of, like, yeah. like, kind of just shame, like, like kind of kind of get your point across where it'd be like, oh, that'd be a way to get a girlfriend in 2019. I'm sure she's really going to respond to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or what? I, you know, yeah. like, and that's how I met my wife. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like just 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 being like quippy or sarcastic. But the, I, I've done that in rooms and spaces. And then other people will be like, you were being really toxic. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like my point is like oh. well, I was being marginalized in a space, mm-hmm. you know, where people didn't hear me. And my tactic was humor. Mm-hmm. Like it was humor or to be a little bit salty just to get the point across and be. Uh, but the truth of the matter is in a space I was being, you know, just just bulldozed and marginalized. So it's inter- intention is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. when you were talking about like and even when you're quitting someone or a person, it's like intention is. And I know people are like, oh, it's not the intention. It's like the impact. But I actually think it's like in a court of law, it's intention is massive. You know, if you meant to murder somebody, it's different than if you're like, oops, I hit you with my car. <laughs> yeah, but the person is still dead. Yeah, you know, like yeah. that's the end result. That's that's the thing. Like intention does matter, but so does outcome. And sure. it's like, but the punishment is different for both. That's true. Yeah, like a friend who who does something to hurt you accidentally versus a friend who does something to hurt you maliciously. There's mm-hmm. a difference. Totally. I, I think another thing that's important when we talk about quitting is 
in our fucked up modern day, I think that there's been a major conflation between criticism and toxicity. Like people mm-hmm. sometimes interpret any criticism as like toxic behavior or any confrontation as toxic and confrontation isn't inherently toxic. And that's something that I kind of struggle with in the like feel good about yourself all the time yeah. culture that we're living mm-hmm. in because it's like, yeah, but I think a lot of criticism is warranted and I think it's important for people to take in criticism and to take a look at themselves and, and decide, you know, does do I need to change something? Am I hurting people? But then, you know, toxicity isn't. So I guess, Kieran, can you tell the difference between criticism and toxicity? Or is it something that you struggle with at all? I mean, I would, I hope so. But yeah, I think sometimes it takes, I, I think that takes a lot of self-knowledge and like, and introspection to be like, I, I mean, now I'll try to be like, how do I feel? I'm, I try to say, how do I feel when I when I walk away? I have a, like a pretty strong gut. So how do I feel when I walk away from this interaction? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if I'm consistently walking away from a person and I like feel bad in my stomach, that's usually a sign that something's not, I don't feel good for a certain reason. Mm-hmm. But I would also say like the same thing, like criticism versus toxicity also applies to humor. You know, like I remember one time like we were bantering and I think we both thought it was fun, but like somebody on the internet was like, oh, or is there... Are they fighting? Are they fighting? Mm-hmm. We're like, not, no. No, not at all. <laughs> but like, but if you were a more sensitive person or I was a more sensitive person, maybe that would feel like bullying. Mm-hmm. So I, I do like, I think that that whole, like, you know, the the line of of what's quote unquote fun versus what is hurtful to another person can be so different for different people. So a little bit of like empathy moving forward. Don't quit me so early. I would never, I would (laughs) never. never. I love you guys. Uh, Um, I think that, I mean, quitting, I think we solved it guys. It's uh, it's an emotionally loaded thing and it's something that everybody individually needs to decide um, is right for them. But I don't think that reflexive quitting is necessarily good. But you should flounce. If we're at a dinner, if I'm at a restaurant and you're also at a restaurant and you're going to break up with someone, <gasps> do it in front of me. I love seeing that. I think. Have you ever seen a breakup? Oh, yes. I saw I a giant. I, I, was I have in, not. I have not either. I was in. I love. I have. I love seeing people fighting in public because it's like. Oh, any strong emotions in public, happiness in public, sadness in public. I feel bad for the person I want to hug them. But like fighting in public is my other favorite thing. It's so good. I don't watch reality TV either. I just like watching people. Like if I walk down the sidewalk and I see people <laughs> fighting, I'm like, hell yeah. And like walk slowly past it. It's funny because it's high. St- you like high stakes. You like high stakes in real life in the same space as you. Yeah, I get that. It's yeah. like if you're if you're at a coffee shop, you're like, oh, I'm just reading my book. But somebody else is like ending a relationship that's like going to change their life. Yeah. And you're in the same space. Mm-hmm. You know, I was watching it kind of wild. It is. I, well, it's like watching someone and being like, this is the best day of this person's life. I was watching um, soccer this weekend. Ooh. Uh, British club soccer. Look at you. Yes. Yeah. Were, you the, were you watching the Premier League? I was. Oh, my God. Are you watching Premier soccer League. Night? Premier League. I was watching the Premier League. No, I was watching <laughs> Liverpool because I got. Yes. Yeah. Because why? Because of, uh, a boy made me do it. Oh no! But it was fun. It was really. It was really. <laughs> it's, very, it's a very exciting time right now for Liverpool. Liverpool is is great. They could, I, as I understand, yeah. win the the they, trophy. The cut, yeah. Win. My entire family just like perked up. They're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was British watching. Family. You know, when they the club like high level club soccer and like in the World Cup, the players walk out holding hands with the kids, yeah. and Aww. I love watching. There's like little kids that come out. Should and stand I watch with them. soccer guys? Yeah, soccer is the best it's sport. Great. It's, it's a great really. Sport. Under, club level play is better than World Cup play because it's like 
smoother and cleaner and not as dirty. But anyway, so I was watching mm-hmm. these kids walk out holding the hands of these soccer players and thinking every little kid in that line is going to remember this for the rest of their lives. This is like the best day of these little kids. And it's like so cool to witness that. But anyway, we're getting off topic. Um, we have to wrap up on quitting. <laughs> we, have <laughs> we have to, to quit. quit. This we have episode. to quit. Let's quit. We have to quit. And then we have to take a break. But this episode is not quitting because we're coming back with the hills that will die on. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25. Welcome back. We've reached the point in the show where we take adamant stances on things that don't really matter. It's The Hills Will Die On. Let's start with a listener hill. Hi, Hysteria. The hill I will die on is that holding hands while you're walking is fucking stupid. Inevitably, one person is taller than the other, and then your one person's elbow's too high, and one person's elbow's too low, and it's breaking up your stride, your hands get all sweaty, like, just hold the fuck on, wherever we're going, we can sit down, sit real close to each other, it'll be all cute, you don't have to hold my hands while we're trying to get somewhere, and that is the hill I will die on. Thanks. Okay. Wow. I I was recently down at like USC. And so there's all these like cutesy couples and stuff, you know, everyone's like in college. So, but I was, I noticed I would just be staring to the point that I made people uncomfortable and then they (laughs) unclasped their hands. So I'm available listener. If you, if somebody is holding your hand, he'll, he'll stop. The unclaspinator. That's your superpower. Um, I think that like the thing about handholding, I like doing it. I think it's just fine, but eventually like somebody gets sweaty 
And there's a time to detach and it's never person. It's never like I'm angry. I'm detaching from holding your hand. But it just becomes like, oh, I don't want to hurt this person's feelings. Yeah. Like I yeah. I don't want to be holding your hand for the next you got no three one to hours. Quit. Right. I Exactly. You got to know when to quit. That's that's my feeling about hand holding. <laughs> my, it's I, I it's a safety thing for my partner and I. Sometimes we oh. do and sometimes we don't in certain spaces because of like oh yeah yeah being like catcalled and or a like yeah having, people, having experiencing homophobia is ugh. a thing that informs I, our hand holding sometimes i'd imagine that holding hands for a member of the lgbt community would be something that means a lot more to people yeah. in the straight community if there is such thing as a straight community <laughs> the straight well cuz when i when we first, when I first came out i was like yes i'm doing this and then yeah, they, and then we'd be on the street, and I, there's, there's, I've had some several occasions where it's usually groups of men will be like, "Oh, lesbians," and it's well, one, they're correct, like very, <laughs> they're, they're like, just, very just good, calling very it, good accurate. use of the just, vocab word just you very, just learned, just an accurate, accurate, like then, the, yeah. then they're like tree, yeah, <laughs> right after <laughs> seeing lesbians, and they're like, "Oh, bro." Oh, I actually remember the one time they're working on now. They're just working on working on now. We walked by a baby shower once, and my girlfriend and I were holding hands, and like there were a bunch of dads outside the the baby shower that were like, "Oh, lesbians!" And at that point, like what? I had like gotten used to that, and she turned around and she goes. She starts going, hey, don't say that. But I just went, you better fuck up. I think I was just like full, like ready to fight. Oh, oh man. Yeah. I think dad's outside a baby shower catcalling is like the worst. That is. Yeah, that is, it was bad. You were standing outside a party that, celebrating the fact that one of you came in somebody. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Aaron would have said. Like, <laughs> That's literally she would have turned around and been like, you are celebrating the fact that one of you came inside somebody. And I'd be there and I'd be like you're just practicing now <laughs> they're like we gotta stop we gotta talking stop out loud that. yeah, yeah that, that would have been that would have been a lot of talking at once and all of those great lines would have been lost yeah. because they would have just all happened at once well tian do you want to start our oh, yeah hills? actually it you know it relates to baby showers um i think my hill that i will die on is i think that grown adults especially grown women should stop calling their dads daddy oh <laughs> It really, really, really <laughs> creeps me out. And I only thought of it because my sister, my older sisters keep doing it in like text form and in like person form. Uh, but what's the t what's the intonation? It's, it's, it's just I think any intonation of daddy is as if you're referring to your own father when you're a grown woman, there is no intonation that's good. I definitely have a cousin who'll be like, daddy, daddy. And it always makes uh, me laugh. And I think it, it makes me laugh. I, I think it's hilarious. You know, I think but. it's weird, too, because I've in my in my small research group, <laughs> um, it's they don't say mommy like mm. they just say daddy. And then it's mom or mama, but never daddy yeah. and mommy. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of other things you could be calling your dad. Peter. <laughs> Peter's one. Yeah. His Aww. name is regardless Peter. of his name. Yeah. No, Peter is the universe. So just ugh. I think the rule it is me out. You, you can only call your dad daddy if you're fucking your dad. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great rule. I Very think, reasonable. Yeah, thing. I think that's a reasonable rule too. It's a great rule. I have no response. <laughs> <laughs> Rare for me. Karen, what hill will you die on this week? Um, I recently joined the internet. Um Oh. Yes. Uh thank you so much. The hip hop group that put out an awesome album last summer. Oh yeah. Ooh. 
No. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know about that. Uh, so, wait, what's a, what's a jugaboo? Um, all right. So I joined the internet. No, I joined internet dating just okay. for a very, mm. I, like I joined a few Mazel sites. Tov. Thank you so much. How's it going? Um, I'm a bit lazy on the apps. I haven't done, I've done two. I put, but I'm on two of them. And I was like, oh, there's a lot. I didn't realize there are so many people. Yeah. There's a lot of people in the world. There's a lot. Yeah. Like if you, I think if you want to be in a relationship, you 155% can just, just statistically. It's like, there's a lot of people. How long have you been on the app? <laughs> yeah. I was like, have you two talked to them? Two days. Two days. Okay. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe two days. Yeah. Um, but I was like, there's a lot of people. Like if 60, like whatever, just, just from statistically, I was like, ah, if you really put time into this, yeah. you could probably make something happen. It's just a matter of if you just are really putting the elbow grease in, which is, is like another job. Listen, this is the hill. <laughs> <laughs> Sidetracked. Here's the hill. Um, uh, there's people on that the, the thing that'll be like, oh, if you laugh at my uh, and if you laugh at my my dad jokes, if you laugh at my uh, stupid dad jokes, I like you. I want people to stop saying that shit. I don't be proud of the fact that you're shitty at a thing and put that on websites. <laughs> That's insane. Like you are bad at a thing. And then you're like, oh, look at how charming I am with my mediocrity. I'm like, fuck you. Fuck your dad jokes. Daddy jokes. Ridiculous. <laughs> like think about how long you've worked in comedy or at getting funny or whatever it is that you do. And it's like, you would never put a skill like, and if you enjoy my burnt cooking, <laughs> no, <laughs> right. no, none of I'm it. I'm a shitty journalist. And I, if you can laugh at that, then you're great. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you can laugh at my, you know, the skill that I'm kind of terrible at, then we're going to get along great. And I was like, oh. yeah, because I'm basically fucking kowtowing to you. Get out of my life, bitch. <laughs> I'm mediocre. Right. Yeah, exactly. The, another thing that I noticed when I, I was... I don't like it. When Stop I was, doing it. It's it's bad. The, on the apps, Gentlemen. people are always looking for partners in crime. Oh. Like, I'm looking for a partner in crime. And yeah. it's like, there is a no. an impending white crime spree yeah. going to... As soon as all these people find partners, it's just going to be... <laughs> I'm looking to rob a bank. <laughs> I like I'm specifically looking to rob a bank. Somebody else is asking for a partner in crime and I'd be like, okay, let's let's do this. Let's plan like, a heist. Does anyone a, ask for like, I'm looking for my best friend? Do they do that too? Is that that's one? sad? Yeah. Okay, just making sure. I've seen a lot of looking for the like Pam to my gym. Uh, oh, I saw somebody say that. You know I don't like that couple. Yeah. <laughs> you don't like I that. don't like that couple. I think they're the worst TV couple in all of history. Wow. Yeah. That's it, that's a worst lot. in all of TV history. There's a lot of history. Yeah. No, I think they're the worst because mm. I think they were so they were held up so high. This should be a different hill. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was. Oh, it was God, hill. I need to listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Dana, you've what? been busy working on Entertainment <laughs> Weekly. Now you'll have time. Yeah. Now I have time. You can just you can catch up on podcasts. That's why you quit your job. I you did catch up yeah. on podcasts. Uh, Dana, what's the hill you'll die on? Okay, so it was announced that the the new Avengers movie is going to have like a three plus hour runtime, oh. and I think the hill I should die on is that if a movie is longer than two and a half hours, you have to, by law, bring back a Sound of Music style intermission so people can go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Old timey movies had this. Oh. Broadway yes. shows have this. Yes. Like uh, some Bollywood movies have yeah, this. Yeah, Bollywood yeah. movies have this. Like I just can't. I have a weak bladder. Movie theaters, you get popcorn, you get a bottle of water. And like the the Russo, the guys who were, who were doing Endgame were like kind of bragging about like there's not going to be a time in this movie to go to the bathroom. Like it's all and because people asked and they're like, it's also jam packed. Oh. And I'm like, that's not something to brag about. Human beings have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Like 
don't brag and or just so either you have to have an intermission or you have to have like a five minute scene in the middle of your movie where just like two characters talk about their day. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, you know, in Greece, they have intermissions in the middle of movies, too, yeah. but that's so everybody, they put them in so everybody that's can go so smoke. Nice. I've never heard of that. Well, so they can go smoke in the lobby. Okay. Because yeah. everybody smokes in Greece. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know why. I, f- I find it rude when movies are that long. Yeah. yeah. Like, how dare you? I think all romantic comedies should be a tight 90. Yeah. And if, if your yeah. movie is longer than 90 minutes, it's like, you better be Francis fucking Coppola. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. I feel like if your movie is longer than 90 minutes, you have to be a genius. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Okay. I have to pee. Just marinate on that. I'll just marinate on okay. what you You're a genius. So your movie can be as long as you want. No, I don't know. But the, but what did you say? Oh, Greece. I like the idea that somebody just has to take a break from being entertained. Yeah. They're like, I need a... <laughs> it's just like, it's just like, ah. Uh, Okay, now I need some rest. The, yeah. Okay, let's return to the entertainment. Right. I just love, I, that's fun. It's so great. I don't smoke. Yeah. I just gotta pee. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things is a is an addiction, and one of the things is just a bodily process. Um, yeah, one of the things that when I was in Greece, I watched uh, The Passion of the Christ, which wasn't a great choice uh, because the movie is in Aramaic and the subtitles were in Greek. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. So was, I spoke zero of those languages. But you got it, though. It's like a pantomime. You got the, yeah, you you got got the, the gist. gist. You got the gist. You knew the storyline. get it. Like, the... So did Jesus and Pontius Pilate get together at the end? Like, <laughs> Can I say something embarrassing right now that I just realized? <laughs> yeah. When you said in Greece... Um, <laughs> Yeah, you, you thought, thought the, the musical. <laughs> I thought that There's too. When you first started talking it. about in in Greece, you're like, they have a lot of intermissions because yeah. of the smoking. And I was like, no, she's talking about something else. At first, she's talking about country. a country. At though. first, I was like. In the movie, Grace, and then I was like, "Oh, in the movie, they go to like a drive-in theater, and maybe there's a break in the movie they go to." I was like, "I don't remember that scene in Greece." Oh my god! Um, no, nope. but, but now I, I just realized that Aaron is a world traveler, yeah. and I just like movie musicals. Yeah, I'm just old, and I've done a lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, the hill that I will die on this week. Um, so I recently started doing yoga and I really enjoy it and it's great. But one thing that I have noticed that I really don't like is that at the end of some classes, people will clap. Don't. (laughs) Do not clap at the end of yoga class. Like I understand that there's certain workout situations where like clapping is, it's like soul cycle. Yay. We did it. It was really hard. That's like part of the experience of soul cycle. I do not need to end a session of yoga in Sabasana with someone being like, yay, we did it. No, like clap for yourself once you leave the room. I need, I need peace and quiet. I'm focusing on my breath. I am like engaging in the practice of yoga right now. And applause is not part of it. Do not clap at the end of yoga. You have a lot of very wow. strong feelings about yoga. Yeah. I feel like the last time I was on this, you were like, I don't like sitting still at the end and breathing. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. And I was like, I got hills. I got yoga hills. As an Indian person, I got some fucking yoga hills. <laughs> I would love, but I'll save those for a different day. I would love to hear your yoga hills. I Yeah, I think sitting still and breathing is, is difficult for me. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to, taking yoga, part of it is I'm trying to learn how to do that. So this is like a multi-hill for yeah, you. It's like you're sitting still and breathing and now you're like, so stop. Stop clapping. Just let me focus on stillness. <laughs> yeah. I want stillness. This is a multi-hill hike for Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. And this I'm, is actually the rest of the season. It's just more hills I'm about just this. like dying on every single peak. And there's just like my frozen corpse is used as like direction for the other hikers. <laughs> See, this is why I do yoga at home. 
Oh, okay. Do you you do you have a cat? No. Oh, well, I do, but not at my current apartment. It's with my partner. Because I'm going to say I try to do yoga at home sometimes, but my cat gets very angry and confused by, like, me doing body movements on the floor and just perches directly underneath me. <laughs> yeah, a lot of animals have yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Eleanor does that, too, and I try to do it at home. Yeah. Anyway. It's all right. Thing. It's a cat thing. It's a cat thing. We solved it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all the time we have for this episode of Hysteria. Dana, Tien, and Kieran, thank you so much for hanging out. Alyssa Mastermonico, thank you for calling in. There will be more Hysteria next week. So any get your gun Give them what they want It will never be enough You can take what you want from me Yeah, I'll say it loud And we're gonna shut down All the girls to the front with me Girls to the front Girls to the front You can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that. Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25.